Welcome back to another episode of Option 5. My name is George Brooks. And on today's episode, we got an opportunity to talk to Neil Shaw. Neil is a team lead and technical recruiter at Carvana. I got to be honest, when I saw recruiter in the title, I was a little nervous because we haven't had the best of experience with recruiter. But I think talking to Neil, I've totally changed my perspective on what a great recruiter can be, both inside and outside of an organization, and how it really plays into the value of what a product team can do. Neil does a great job talking about um, passion. He says that anything you do, it's got to be about passion. So when he's looking to recruit people, he's looking for that level of passion and uh, focus and interesting perspective that is maybe not the norm of just, I need someone to you know write some JavaScript or to be able to query a SQL server or uh, design an interface. He's really thinking about the passion behind the project, which shows in a company that's been growing uh, double year over year for the last several years in a row, they're having to bring on incredibly talented, very thoughtful people. But not only that, they're also doing more to create a culture where people flourish and even looking to invest into people growing. I think you're gonna love this conversation. Uh, Neil is so passionate about what he gets to do at Carvana. And honestly, kudos to Carvana. They're growing an incredible company. I think you'll be excited to learn more. Let's jump in. Um, well, yeah, my name is Neil Shaw. I am uh, the, one of the team leads in recruiting for Carvana, um, uh, and I focus primarily on technical recruiting. So we do everything from engineering and analytics to tech services uh, to the functional side of, of uh, technology with product and project management um, and helping build those teams out. Uh, I've been here since January of 2018, um, and I've been a recruiter um, for about 12 years now. Um, wow. here in in Phoenix specifically, um, all in tech. Uh, never done anything but tech, uh, you know, occasionally pulled into some random things that, that might not uh, fall under my, my normal purview, but um, the, the, the the tech world has really been where, where my bread and butter has been for the last 12 years. So. Awesome. Why, I guess, why'd you pick tech? Why, yeah. why, why this industry? I'm always curious, like what led somebody towards this? So, so it's actually kind of a funny story. So it, it, it's not that anything led me towards towards tech specifically. It's, it's kind of why recruiting for me. Um, I was actually, when I was in college, I was working as a field tech uh, um, and actually doing the IT side. Um, and I was doing that just to, you know, make some money while I'm, I'm in yeah. school and everything. Um, my degree is actually in, in education. By all rights, I should be a teacher. Um, <laughs> my my senior year, a buddy of mine calls me. He says, hey, do you want to come over and, and try this out? And I'm like, well, I mean, I have a job, I guess. You know, like, what, what's this whole thing about? He's like, well, it'll pay you like eight bucks more than you're making right now. And you won't have to drive your car around Phoenix in the summer anymore. So I was like, oh, well, in that case, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, right? sure. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Yeah. So, so I went to a little consulting company, um, did some recruiting for them and just ended up liking it. And, um, you know, tech's always been a passion of mine. It was something that I thought I actually might get into um, on the education side eventually, um, uh, you know, as I, I settled in as a teacher. But then um, I got into recruiting and, you know, 12 years later, I'm, I'm not thinking about teaching anymore. That's awesome. <laughs> so what are some of the big things you've seen change over the last 12 years, specifically in recruiting, like? Um, from a technology standpoint, philosophy, ways you go about doing things, things you've learned? 
You know, I think that the the base of recruiting has has largely stayed the same as far as like what makes a good recruiter. Um, as far as just build a relationship, do something that's authentic and genuine, mm. um, and just be transparent with people. What has changed tremendously is like the tooling um, and just the landscape of of what recruiting looks like with all the different recruiters out there. There's a lot of recruiters, and unfortunately for us, there's a lot of recruiters that don't have a great reputation, mm -hmm, you know? And I right. think that, that it's gotten very transactional for a lot of people of just like, let me find as many people as I can, throw them over to to companies, and, and you know, that, that model can work from a financial perspective, but it doesn't, it's not as fun to be in, to be yeah, perfectly honest, yeah. as a recruiter. Um, and I don't think it's as fun to, to be in from a candidate perspective. So I think that's changed. Um, I think some of the tooling has changed. I mean, you know, when I first started, LinkedIn was just getting their, getting their feet off the ground. Sure. Um, and so now, like, LinkedIn runs my entire life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, us um, too more than we wanted right, to sometimes. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, I, I think that, that that's definitely been a change. Um, the thing I've been seeing come up uh, the last few years a lot that I'm very intrigued to watch um, is the AI recruiting tools. Hmm. Um, so far, I haven't found one that I feel like has really hit the nail on the head. And, and I'm like, oh, this could really automate a lot of things for me. And I could not have a sourcer in my department or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think that, that as they get more and more interesting and, and we learn how to do some of those things in AI uh, more effectively, that's going to be a really cool area to, to watch. Um, and the first t the first company that does that is going to be you know bigger than LinkedIn at some point, just because mm -hmm. I think that that could automate a lot of the bad part of the industry um, and get rid of, uh, you know, a lot of the recruiters that aren't there to build relationships and aren't there to to really be a part of a company or even be a partner to a company if you're an external recruiter, because um, that's the background that I come from. Uh, and, and it'll weed out the ones that don't want to do that and are just trying to fling paper. Hmm. So how do you uh, how do you learn about Carvana and uh, what's it you know, what's it like going in house in recruiting? Mm hmm. So my my relationship with Carvana, I laugh because it's a little bit of a funny story. Um, when Carvana first got off the ground uh, about six and a half, seven years ago, when they started doing the development um, before we actually released our product and everything, um, I was actually having lunch with a buddy of mine, uh, Bobby, who's actually our, one of our senior directors of engineering. Um, and he was working at DriveTime at the time who you know we have close ties with um, and, a, and mm -hmm. a really good relationship with. That's kind of where we spun off from. Um, and uh, um, he said, oh, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And I, I was trying to actually recruit Bobby for another job that I had. Um, good position. I couldn't tell you what the company is now. You know, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Six years ago. Um, and I'm like, no, you know, that, who's going to buy a car online, Bobby? That, that sounds like a crazy idea. <laughs> I'm trying to do my recruiter pitch. And um, he said, no, I think I'm going I'm, I'm to uh, look it out. And a couple years later, uh, he ended up being a client of mine because lo and behold, you know, people said Carvana is a good idea. Let's start buying cars online. I'm like, you know, it really is a good idea. I don't know what I was thinking, right. trying to pull them away from this. Um, but yeah, so I, I've been around them for, for a long time, just watching some of the um, um, some of the the growth and things like that. And then probably about like three and a half, four years ago, I started actually recruiting for Carvana mm. um, uh, externally uh, as a as a vendor. Um, and then uh, about a year and a half ago, I came in. Um, you know, the changes in the recruiting industry as like an agency recruiter that I mentioned, as far as some of it being a little bit too mechanical and transactional yeah. um, and not as relationship based Th that stuff was starting to hit even the firm that I was working with um, which wasn't the company's fault you know I think that I was working with with a great agency uh, but a lot of the clients were seeing it more transactional because that's what, how they were dealing with some of the the larger firms that they that, that have that kind of mentality mm -hmm. um, and so I said you know what I don't really see a path here for me to really enjoy it and I don't see a growth path for me to do anything but just like make more placements right, right. I mean, if, if you go into leadership in an agency you end up having 
having to make the same number of placements and train other people and just like, okay, I'm, I'm doing more work for nominally more pay. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a hard sell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here, I, I've been here a year and a half. I've already been promoted to be a team lead uh, fairly recently. Um, and I have opportunity to continue growing that side of my career. Um, and that also means a different balance between leadership and, um, you know, and, and recruiting. Um, so that was one side. The other side is just Carvana itself. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's a really amazing organization. Um, I, I can't say enough about the people. Um, I have ha- I've gone up to my chief product officer, who's in charge of all of engineering, IT, and product, um, and and asked him to send LinkedIn messages for me because you know the recruiter yeah. title wasn't doing it for someone, right? right? Um, and like, how many times can you go to you know a six thousand person company and like say, oh yeah, my CPO will send a LinkedIn message uh-huh. right now if I ask him to, right? Like that's yep. just that's unheard of, and I you know I, I can't imagine going to a company that that doesn't treat their people like that. And so you mm-hmm. know, it's just been a really good experience for me here. It's been really cool to see. So Kansas City got a Carbana a year ago. Mm-hmm. It maybe? hasn't been long. Not, yep. not very long. I mean, yep. it was cool because it's right by the main highway, right? Mm-hmm. So the glass mm-hmm. you know, tower, it every day. tower get, yep. got, we, we, as it was going up, there was all everybody going, what, what the heck is that? <laughs> um, and I think three of our employees have bought cars through Carvana now. Yep. Um, oh, nice. And it's incredible experience. They had nothing but incredible things to say, mm-hmm. both about either whether they were having it delivered to their home or they were getting to go down to the, the vending machine or um, the total experience. Um, worth you know the 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 transactional fee to to do it and i think that they they really enjoyed that process um several of them took advantage of the send it back uh, um policy <laughs> mm-hmm. and and yet they all ended up buying finalizing it right. you know getting the car they wanted um through through you guys so uh, that's the first time right. we had heard of it i think it's awesome to see how much you guys have grown um in such a short time I mean, it's incredible mm-hmm. So Neil, um, you've been a recruiter for 12, 12 years and you've already kind of set up this, um, how maybe this, I'm inferring this, um, your philosophy around recruiting is juxtaposed to kind of that transactional, Mm. uh, mindset that an agency might have. Um, but also being there 12 years, it tells me that there's a, there's a passion, there's a desire to, to be within that recruiting, um, position. What's what drives you um, as a recruiter? What's what's the passion? What's the um, what's the thing what's that's the why? yeah? What's the thing that makes it stick for you? Because twelve years in any one position in these days is a really long time. Um, so I'm curious, what's the driving force? How do you kind of set up recruiting philosophy at Corvana? What's uh, what's different about? He the really way you do just it? doesn't want to be a teacher. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. He's I'm staying out of that that line of work. Uh, yeah. Don't tell my in-laws because they're both teachers. Right. So oh, okay. right. to... <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, I, I think that like what drew me to, to teaching, for example, was was just the ability to to affect change in people's lives and and help them achieve goals. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think that in, in its best form, recruiting is that, um, you know, I, I, I can point to there's a few specific people I've worked with in, in my career that I can always point to um, where I know that what I did definitely changed their lives. And, and so no matter what I do, whether it's an incremental change of like, hey, you made a little bit more, you got to a better environment or, you know, something like that. You got better benefits, take care of your family. Um, those are all great wins. But the big ones come from, you know, uh, there was a guy, I, I think. Early in my career, it was probably about a year and a half, two years into recruiting at this point. Um, there was a gentleman that we we were talking to, and 
on paper, he, he wasn't a strong candidate for a development job. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I decided to ch- chat with the guy, just see what he's up to and, and see if, um, honestly, like maybe he'd be a fit for like some of the tech support stuff he'd be doing, things like that. Um, and the more I, t- I talk with him, the more I realized that like in anything that you do, there, it, it's got to be passion, right? And, and that's what he had. He had passion for development. He had, um, you know, been taking courses on his own. Um, and this is before you had Udemy and Pluralsight and mm-hmm. 8 billion other options to learn technical skills. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, he, he was figuring a way to do all these things. Um, and so I, I gave him, you know, I, I kind of forced the company that we were working with to, 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 to talk to him. Um, and, you know, they, they ended up hiring the guy um, and ended up paying him, I think, 20% more than what he was asking for because that was right to market. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, at this point now, he actually has opened a separate office for that company, wow. um, is a director in their organization. He's watched them grow for the last, you know, nine, 10 years. Um, and he's been a major player in that. So like things like that, when we're able to do mm-hmm. that and, and bring people, you know, here at Carvana, um, there's several times that I, I've pointed to people where, you know, they were looking for X and we were able to give them X plus um, yeah. just because, um, you know, it's it, it's about doing the right thing and, and being able to pay people to market and mm-hmm. to their actual skill set. If they've been underpaid elsewhere, that doesn't mean that I get to take advantage of that. Right. And then. Um, so I think that that being part of that type of change in people's lives is is really my driver, mm-hmm. um, and and knowing that I'm I'm doing something that's helpful to them. That's awesome. And honestly, you said something there that I think sets you apart from any other recruiter um, that I've had interaction with in the <laughs> yeah. past. Is that, and it's not that they're doing anything wrong. It's just a different way of thinking of the candidates I'm trying to find for my clients as a recruiter are more than just their resume. And so you talked about that you brought that person in maybe on paper, they weren't the strongest, but after meeting them, talking with them, maybe realizing that there's more to them than just there's maybe something underneath initiative mm-hmm. drive. That's mm-hmm. more than the skill set. And now you have this great testimonial. I think that's incredibly different. And that's definitely ties into the idea of like, what does it look like to build a good product team? You want, yes, you want some superstars and rock stars, but not, you don't want everyone to be a rock star. You want some people that come in that bring a different perspective. Yeah. Um, that just have, yeah, that it's the who before the what. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's fantastic. What, um, so tell me about maybe Carbona and how the product teams are set up there. As you're starting to recruit, what do the teams look like? How are they structured? Um, yeah, I'm sure you, you said you had this, you mentioned that you had heard some of the episodes from, um, episode or for season one, we don't call them seasons anymore. I've, I've since <laughs> learned we're just going to keep going episodes, past episodes, past, <laughs> um, um, but you know, you, getting back to kind of how we believe product teams work in, um, cross discipline, is that something that Carvana does? If, if not, how are you guys structured? And then what does that look to try to find people that fit into those, those teams? Yeah, yeah. So the way, and I'm going to back up a little bit to see is to say how engineering is structured because I think that Perfect. that's telling yeah. the to product as well. Yep. Um, and and of course, when I talk about product, I am talking about like software engineering, product management. Right? Yep. There, there's do. a lot of other areas, um, but just to to clarify, just in case, not the guys building the glass towers, but right, <laughs> no, no, not those guys. Um, but no, so engineering the way it's structured is we have different clusters, and inside each cluster, there's tracks. So like one of our clusters uh, would be pre-purchase, for example, right, and that that's everything that happens before you click buy this vehicle, right. So like before you say I want to buy this BMW M3 or whatever, um, you know, the, all the stuff, the steps that go into that. So within that that cluster um you have uh, multiple tracks i think that cluster right now has like three tracks that go into it um and so in that case it would be like search vehicle description and uh vehicle experience right and and so um each of those tracks would have its own product manager 
with uh, over it, right? A, a one or more, depending on how complicated that track is, how large it's gotten, um, and, and what we're trying to accomplish at any given point with that that track. Yeah. Um, and so our product managers um, here, I think it's very different than a lot of other companies I've recruited for in the past with product management. Um, you know, you have your product marketing managers that have a very heavy marketing background and and understand the design side of it and, and those pieces. You have um, product managers who are uh, essentially just business analysts, right? Just yeah. gathering requirements and, um, you know, being able to, to push that out. Uh, and then you know, there, there's a lot of other approaches as well. None of them are wrong, right? Each company just does what's right sure, for them. Sure, sure. For us, our product manager is a little bit of an all-encompassing, all right? They do some project management as far as like the daily agile, scrum stand-up, that kind of stuff. Um, we have a separate project management team that will um, help with that um, a little bit. Uh, but then more importantly, they are still uh, working directly with the business uh, users um, and, and the business units to understand like what needs to go on the roadmap, grooming the roadmap and making sure that the stories are all set up. Um, and we're, we're again, obviously an agile uh, scrum shop. So we yep. use Jira and Confluence, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the the really interesting thing, I think that that gives us a little bit of a different approach is also that we are, are using analytics for pretty much everything we do. Um, so when we look for product managers, um, you either need to have an analytics mindset and skill set, or at least have the mindset and be able to develop the skill set. That's for us. great. Yep. I love um, that. And so, you know, we'll, we'll partner with our data science team and they'll give us a lot, but you still need to be able to go in, dig, the, dig through the data yourself, um, you know, work a little bit with SQL and Excel to make sure that when we say, hey, like, this is top priority, it's not just because someone said, I really want this done. Um, which is one option of how you do things, right? But like for us, that's not the way that we want to do it. It's, you know, someone said that this seems like a good idea. And then we did the research and said, okay, all these different data points say that this is going to be top priority. And then after that, we're going to do these three things, yeah, good. right? And then being the, the growing company that we are, it's also like the job of the product manager, I think, to build in some flex in that of saying, hey, if in a perfect world, if I could like sit in a vacuum and, and make my engineers oh, yeah. code, right? Yeah. Like this could get done in a week, right. but that's not going to happen. So like, let's give us a week and a half for like when that wrench gets gets thrown in of like and this bug needs to be fixed yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, awesome. so yeah, I think that's kind of like our high level. Um, I'm happy to, to go into more detail if, I, if you guys. Would okay. Yeah. So so go a little further into that. So you talked a little bit about how the product management teams are set up. I love this idea of clusters mm-hmm. and tracks. I hadn't heard that uh, vocabulary before. I like that. I've heard of pods and I've heard of um, themes and there's lots of different ways that people package that. So in around a product manager overseeing a group, what, what's the size of that group? Who's on, on those tracks? Um, what does that look like? So I'd say like the, the size of the groups, uh, varies obviously depending on the product. Sure. Right? It, sure. There's, there's some products where we have, you know, literally I've got one team where it's a team lead of no one and just himself. Yep. Right. And, yep. and that works for that team right now. And, and, you know, we're, we may eventually build a team, but um, you know, that that's all we need to be able to solve that specific problem. Right. And, and so he has a product manager attached to that, uh, but that product manager also will oversee some other things that, uh, you know, when they have um, time to, to be able to pitch into other areas. So um, there's that. Um, otherwise I think a typical engineering team for us is somewhere around like five to eight engineers okay. um, to, to one product manager. Um, and then on top of that, you might have a QE resource dedicated. Um, you'll have DevOps support which is more more centralized um, and then uh, project management support which is also centralized um, and and they're moving to a 
model where they're going to oversee um, a project. So we might have like, like for example, one of the big things we did recently um, that is now public and live, and I can actually talk about it. <laughs> we know how that goes. <laughs> we know how that goes. Um, is uh, um, our scheduler. So so yeah. um, when we schedule for vehicle to be delivered, um, obviously that's a big deal. You want to get your, your vehicle at a specific time. And we were having them, I think, in 30 or 45 minute chunks before. Um, now we have it where we can do in most areas a, a delivery every 15 minutes. Wow. Um, and wow. that's just a huge effort from our supply chain logistics, uh, our data science team who does a network optimization problem, um, our engineering, our, our actual like delivery people and market operations people, um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, one person is not doing a delivery every 15 minutes, but like Carvana yeah. as a whole can. Yeah, right? it, makes it, sense. Just in case that goes without saying. <laughs> of um, course, of course. <laughs> um, and so they're, they're going to manage like one project manager will be over the scheduler project as a whole. Um, and then they'll work with various product managers because the product managers can really handle the day-to-day -day yeah. with each mm -hmm. team, the way that they're structured and, and with the people that we hire and the way that we train them and stuff. Um, so, so they're realizing that they don't need to be attached to a specific team or organization. They need to be attached to a specific project. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how that's moving and, and relating back to, to product management as well. What are you looking for as a recruiter? What's mm. the thing that when you're out there, you know, scouring LinkedIn and spending all, time, all your right. time there or whatever platform you're using, whatever comes up next, What's the things that make someone stand out and n helps you to know, yeah, they're going to fit into our culture. They're going to fit into our style of work, the work that mm -hmm. we're doing, maybe even the, the tech stack that we're using. How do you how do you do what you do? So from a paper perspective, you know, that, that's a little bit different than I think the reality of, of like interviewing with people. Right. Yeah. So from a paper perspective, we're looking for somebody that has, you know, some technical background of, of some sort. Not necessarily I've been a developer or a senior engineer or anything like that. Right. Um, but like I write my resume to speak to technology and and. and understand that like it's not just i did agile processes but like mm -hmm. you know i was actually going over um you know the the full uh, automation of a devops pipeline or i was building an e-commerce platform using these things um you know whether it's net or some 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 sort of thing that tells me like i don't just know buzzwords but like i have mm -hmm. lived in technology yeah good um because I think that, that, again, going from, you know, the, the, the marketing to product management background versus uh, the technical to product management background, what we found works for Carvana specifically is more that technical, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's just because the approach that we have and because of the people that we have in, in our creative team and everything as well um, and how uh, product, uh, um, you know, partners with them. Um, on the flip side, when we're actually talking to them, um, for me, it's more about thought process around how you think about product in general. So, um, you know, I'm going to ask questions around, you know, what are qualities product managers should exhibit um, and see what people say, right? How do you balance a roadmap? Um, what kind of products are you into right now? What, what product is getting you really excited? Mm -hmm. um, and looking at things like that. And sometimes, uh, honestly, the answer doesn't matter so much as like how they answer, right? Mm -hmm. yep. um, like what product gets you excited? I, it doesn't really matter which one it is. It could be Carvana.com. It could be Facebook. It could be something I've never heard of mm -hmm. um, that has four users to it, right? Yeah, sure. Um, it's more about like, okay, so X product got you excited. Why did it get you excited? And what's your, your thought process and mindset around that? Um, and, and are you thinking about this in a critical way? Or it's just like, oh, hey, you know, Doodle Jump is a really fun game. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's not, but like, you know, how, how, do you, how do you critically think about an application or a product that you're working with? Mm -hmm. um, and does that, that uh, translate to, to what we're doing here? Um, I think one of the other really cool things that we did this year um, that we're actually going to, we piloted this year that we're going to continue next year is we did an associate product manager program um, where nice. we brought on, um, I think, seven or eight people um, who had little to no product management experience, but had, um, you know, some sort of 
education background that said, okay, this person has a business understanding, they have some technical acumen um, in analytics or something in the like, um, and, and you know, we, we can talk to them and we have exercises and things like that, that they do. Um, but that's been a really interesting program because it's challenged recruiting to think more outside the box of mm -hmm. like, hey, there's no like boxes to check off of like, do you know these five things? Because like, of course you don't. Right. Um, you've never done it before. How right. could you? Um, so, you know, what is the intellectual horsepower we see with these people? What is the the business acumen? How do they articulate themselves in, mm -hmm. in these different settings and stuff? Um, and what we did uh, um, by just sheer happenstance is uh, half the people that we hired were internal employees and half were actually external. Um, mm -hmm. And we're actually going to repeat that intentionally now um, for the next round because what we found is the half that were internal employees were able to hit the ground running a lot faster with mm -hmm. product, yep. but took a lot more training on some of the technical stuff because they hadn't been trained in SQL or UI design, wireframing, all the different things that product managers do. Um, and then the exact opposite, right? When uh, the people that were brought in from the outside, we typically look for people who had some UI UX skills, some SQL skills, some analytic skills, um, had done some sort of product or project management, um, but don't know anything about Carvana. Um, they took longer to ramp in a project, but they were also um, more helpful to our other uh, product managers on like how do you do these different things and like how does how do uh, how do these things function outside of Carvana, right? Because we don't want to always just like keep doing the same thing that we've already done. Mm -hmm. That's not how mm -hmm. you push things forward. Um, so we got two very different viewpoints and like it gave us historical context for why it's been done and maybe there's a reason to keep it that way and an idea of like what else we could do and try to find the marriage between the two to, to push things forward. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that was structured it, um, and uh, um, is we actually did rotations. So they, they were with uh, a specific product team for three months. We realized that was a little too short. So we're probably gonna go to six months, but yep. like, for six months you'll be with this product track um, or at least with this cluster. Um, handling these problems, you'll pitch in with a few different product managers potentially um, to try to learn different ways of doing things, um, and then you'll do another rotation. And the idea is by the end of a year, you should hopefully have the skills to be able to take over um, some piece of a track and that be yours, right? And then be able to grow that from there as far as your ownership. Mm -hmm. That's really smart. Um, Google's product management training was revolutionary. This has been like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, but that was one of the like turning points for their, when their growth was mm -hmm. when they started equipping and bringing up new, new product managers. And we find in our organization that when we actually kind of double down into product management mm -hmm. as a, as a role, as a expertise, um, it's what's retained more clients than anything else right. here for us. So that's, that's fantastic. Um, what are some of the challenges um, when you think about either recruiting or just product teams in general? What are some of the challenges that you guys run into or that you see? Uh, I, I'll, I'll kind of answer that in two, two phase, right? Like as far as recruiting, I think one of the cha challenges with like functional positions for most recruiters is there isn't necessarily just like these boxes to check off. Like, do you know C Sharp and React, right? Like th those are very obvious things when it comes to engineering. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I think that, that like looking at the, the horsepower is a little bit different, um, in, in trying to find that out. And one challenge that I've had in, in like functional positions myself is I think that, that they're similar to recruiting in a lot of ways, right? Like recruiting recruiters is actually very hard because there's a lot out there, but not a lot that like fit how we want to do it. Um, and, and so, you know, when you have a, a different idea, there's a good a good thing to like saying, hey, I have a different approach and I want to just bring that in. But there is a certain point where you have just too big a delta between like where we're at and like how you want to do things mm -hmm. and what your focus has been, um, where like it becomes more disruptive to the environment than than a value add. Right. Um, of, of if you have a completely different process or if you are somebody who is like, hey, my gut tells me this is the way we should go. Um, and like that's how I've done product management, and like how I prioritize. Well, mm -hmm. again. 
being a purely data-driven company and having a you know 50, 60 person data science team that, that backs all it's that up. It's important to us, yeah. <laughs> there, there's some weight to it, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, that that's definitely been a challenge on the recruiting side. I think on the actual like day-to-day product team side, one of the biggest challenges for us um, in hiring in general, but especially in product and engineering is um, speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so like one metric that I, that I like to share with people um, for, for Carvana for last year, um, you know, in 2018, we had um, 5,700 releases from our engineers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, you know, we don't wait till the end of a sprint, obviously. Yeah, right. yeah I was right? going to say, let's see how many weeks are in a year. <laughs> is that mathematically sprints? possible? Um, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. you were doing more than one release. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but like when, when you're doing that, obviously product has to keep up with that. Yeah, there's a lot of dependencies around that, right? It doesn't just mean that an engineer hit submit and like commit yeah. code to, to, to release, right? There's um, QA and DevOps support to make sure that it all gets automated. Yep. Uh, but more overarching, there's, there's product support of like, how do we manage all of those different releases? How do we make sure that we're on track and that that release was the right story for this? Right? There's so many different dependencies that go underneath that, that I think that the biggest, the hardest thing that, that a lot of even experienced product managers have coming into our environment is the speed at which we move mm. and how quickly priorities can change when you have a company that's growing mm-hmm. so rapidly, right? Yeah. We've more than doubled year over year for the last six years. Wow. We're, we're poised to do that for a seventh right now. Wow. Um, and that's in almost every metric as far as revenue, car sales, uh, headcount, um, right? It, you know, it, it, uh, Out the, of curiosity, mark- how, fast, how, how fast are you hiring? So like, what's a hiring class look like for you guys now? I mean, We've we've got former employees that are at Facebook and things, and they talk about two hundred people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what's what's that look like for you guys? Is is that how rapid is that? So our hiring class is is company wide. Um, uh, for anybody who is either, so let me back up. The the way the hiring class is structured for us is we have it for anybody who reports into our headquarters, mm-hmm. which is all the corporate tech positions, um, accounting, legal, etc. Right. Yep. Um, and then your your customer advocates, which is our actual like call center, um, and then we'll have the leaders from that the outside markets. Um, so this doesn't include the the individual contributors from those outside markets. Um, you know, for example, like when we open the vending machine near you guys, um, that also requires requires hiring to, of course, to support that. Of course, yeah. Right? So the one leader is going to be um, coming out to Phoenix uh, when they start, but the rest of the people aren't. That makes um, sense. And so our average hiring class right now, just with those people, um, has been steadily somewhere around 60 to 70 a week. Um, wow. And, and uh, you know, we, we've had some blips where we've gotten up to 100. Uh, we've had some low points where we go all the way down to 40. My hands are <laughs> sweating. I need my hands, my hands are sweating <laughs> about it. We've always intentionally hired slow. Again, we're not yeah. a high growth. We're not a high scale, um, right. high growth company. We're an agency, so it's always so. We we do work with a lot of companies that are scaling fast because part of what we get to do is augment some of the the, the you know the resources they have. But um, that oh, man, my hands mm. are sweating. That's that's incredible. <laughs> I, how do you sleep at night, yeah. or do you? Um, it, it, am I still supposed to sleep? I thought like you get to a certain point in your career, you're not allowed. That's something to. that you just give up yeah. on. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I, I mean, I will say just just from a support perspective, just to, to, to toot our own horn. Yeah. Um, we've we've also scaled up our, our recruiting team um, uh, tremendously, and and like a big part of that is high volume recruiting. Yeah. Of of our customer care, right? And yep. the the people that are taking care of that. Um, Again, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Um, but like their goals, they have a team of probably about I think like five, six people yeah. um, doing like yeah. internal recruiting. Yeah. Uh, for for customer care, um, and I think that their goal is like one fifty or two hundred a month right now. Wow. Um, and like that that means that each person's hiring at least thirty people, right? Yeah. Right. Wow. And that's that's just a crazy number. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have to dwindle down. I mean, yeah. you, If you hire thirty, you probably interviewed or phone screened. 
more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 150 <laughs> yourself. Right. I, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's mind boggling. Yeah. So I what try are, not to look at their funnel. It's too stressful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's pro, and you know, there's pros and cons to that. Of course, you guys are supporting something that is just, you have to feed it. You know, it mm-hmm. has to grow, uh, which is, a, or it's an exciting place to be, albeit just, it comes with its own risk and, mm-hmm. and obviously um, it's, it's, it's challenges. So what are, what are two to three takeaways? If you, if you're talking to someone who's getting, he's new into this market, maybe either on the technical side, on the recruiting side, uh, or just in product in general, or in, you know, the tech scene in general, what's, what's kind of two to three takeaways or something, some pieces of advice you would leave people with if they're trying to get into this world? Yeah. You probably have a really unique perspective yeah, on this. Yeah. Different a than a lot of other people. Absolutely. Cause to. you're probably telling people exactly that at some point. <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny actually because uh, coming from the agency side, it was a lot about Canada coaching and making mm-hmm. sure yeah, they know right. all these things. And then you come internal, and that's like one of the things you don't do as much because oh, you want them to to authentically be themselves. And like you'll tell them what to expect, but right. um, you don't you know you don't give them the answer. Right. Much, right. right? Um, but I think that that really the the biggest things and and um, this comes at an interesting time for me just because I got, I just got done with a lot of campus recruiting as well mm. um, at different universities and stuff um, is. Be authentic. Um, I think just as a human being, that's just number one. Um, companies are looking more and more in, cul- in, in culture as um, people in my generation and and you know the gen. What, what is after the millennials? I think the Gen Y and Gen, gen Z. Z I think. Gen Z yeah. is that what it is? Yeah. It, I think we have maybe have one or two. I mean, at some point, we'll start over <laughs> Gen A. You know. <laughs> right. uh, but but especially as, as the younger generations are coming up, like like for people my age and younger, it's yeah. more and more about culture, and mm-hmm. it's more about who do you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, not just who has this exact skill set, right? right. Um, so I think knowing that is number one. And then number two, anything you can do to articulate passion. Um, mm. You know, from an engineering perspective, it's um, putting in like, you know, the classes that you're taking on your own time, um, right? I'm, I'm doing this Udemy stuff or Pluralsight or mm-hmm. I went back to, to university and like took these classes just for the fun of it, right? Um, um, t- putting in side projects and like a GitHub is, is always a big yep. thing for us. Um, you know, on the product side, I think that like, you know, it, look at the product position you're going for and, and tailor your resume a little bit to that of, of if it is more of like a UI UX one, maybe make your resume look like a, an app or something right? like that, right? Like, yeah. don't go over the top and make it mm-hmm. like hard to read, but like, at least give it a design little, it. Please. Yeah. yeah. Right. Don't use Times New Roman, you know, maybe do something a little interesting. At least go with Calibri. It's kind of the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. Um, I, I think that things like that and like anything that you can do, if you can build yourself like a project portfolio, a product portfolio that you can point to and say, hey, here are the cool things that I worked on. Here's what I contributed specifically. Because um, the, the the flip side of that is like, I hate when I, I see somebody like, I worked on Google. I'm like, okay. But like... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, Every that's resume, a, a yeah, thousand yeah. miles wide. Yeah, right. What piece of Google did you do? Because right. you know, in a company that large, you can only make such a, so much of an impact, no matter right. what role you have. Yeah. But show me the specific impact you made, right? Mm-hmm. And, and show you, show me like you know what you've done there and why that's exciting. Um, and I think on paper that's that's the biggest thing. And then when you're talking to somebody, it's it's just digging into that um, and, and making sure that you can you can speak to that in a good amount of detail that's consumable by any audience. Because right. I am as a recruiter. I would consider myself a fairly technical recruiter, mm-hmm. um, but that's not saying much compared to like an actual engineer or product right. manager or anything else right. that I, I recruit for, right? Um, and so, so you know, be able to to dumb it down without making it condescending, mm-hmm. um, and then be able to to bring it back up um, when you're talking to to the actual people that work in that field and like know your audience. Yeah, we've been, we've had some interviews where we walked out of the interview and we went. I, I knew 50% of what that person said. And right. I own a tech agency, right? right. I should have, he was, they were just trying too hard to drop too many right. words. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. totally get that. 
one of the things that we love to hear is where people go for inspiration. So um, where do you go? Where do you go to learn? Where do you go to get better at your craft um, and continue to, to refine your personal skills? Away from people. <laughs> I go to I go where there's islands no where human yeah. beings. There's anywhere. some great wind caves in, in eastern Phoenix. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you know, I, I, I was actually thinking about this because um, uh, I saw this on, on kind of the list that you guys had sent over of, of potential questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think of, of the things that have helped me grow. I think that, I mean, really the people around me, especially since I joined Carvana, mm. um, I, I've learned a lot uh, from the people around me, but my whole career, I think that like the folks that I've worked with, the senior recruiters, the the leaders of organizations, um, you know, for me in recruiting, like listening to them talk is how I learned how to be on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't naturally come by, um, you know, like being being a phone person or a salesperson or anything like that. Um, and so just listening to them, being in, in meetings with them and, and things like that, I think is the biggest thing, um, you know, to, to take from. But coming here to Carvana, I have this crazy wealth of people who are so much smarter than me mm-hmm. awesome. um, and and like i i i'm a big believer in never be the smartest person in the room right mm-hmm. it, 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 that's the room mm-hmm. that you're in you need to find a better one right yep. um and that that whole mantra um but here like I, I never feel like i am and and i also never feel like i'm i'm stupid right because I, mm-hmm. I think that there's there's that flip side and, and the problem with with being not the smartest person in the room is when you have people who know that they're the, they're the smartest and they feel condescending mm-hmm. um, Ooh, yeah and that's a big culture thing for us that like we just we won't hire. Um, we have six core values, and one of them is don't be a Richard, um, which that see you guys got it. Uh, hopefully it. your audience gets it, gets it too. It. So yeah, not that's good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, um, yeah, so so like like for us, if if you're going to come off condescending, if you're going to come off like a know it all, yeah. like we don't want that here. But mm-hmm. you know, there are interview questions that I ask now that I would have never thought of. Um, from people who are in the field, who are in product mm-hmm. management or engineering or different areas that, that have pushed me to to be able to screen people better and to be able to get outside of check the boxes in these technologies and, and look at like holistically, what does this person actually bring to the table? Mm-hmm. And do I feel like, sure, maybe they don't know Python right now, but can they learn it? Yeah. Right? And, right. And, and do they have everything else that I'm looking for that I can't teach of how to be a good person, how to work with a team. Um, yep. And so I'd say like, the biggest way that I learn is just working with them and, and talking to them about what are the new t- the tools that you're working on and, and playing with so I can learn the engineering side. What mm-hmm. are the new um, you know, techniques that, that you're using to, to organize your product, products and, and different things like that? Mm. Uh, that's great. I think we refer to a lot of what you just talked about as humble confidence. And we yeah. talk about the fact that you can be humble but you can be too humble and then you really don't ever get anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Cause then it's just humility for the sake of humility and then you can be confident, but then you become cocky. Don't mm-hmm. be Richard. And, right. um, that balance is, is, is key. That's mm-hmm. literally one of the, the main right. frameworks and our whole staff would say that we all know that we're all looking for those humbly confident people. Um, mm-hmm. so that's great. I love that. Okay. I'll wrap it up with this line of question. What's something you're really excited about right now as you're thinking about Carvana, about your career, about, you know, the industry, what, what's getting you excited right now? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I had to think about that for a second. Mm, that's all right. I think that, that when I joined Carvana, um, it was really exciting to, to do something new and and join an, a company and be part of that culture and everything like that. And as I've seen that progress, it's been really, really interesting. interesting. And then like you, you hit a point where you get really comfortable and you wonder kind of what the next step is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that this is a place where that's rarely happened, number one. And number two, when it does, the second that like I feel like I'm comfortable, I know everything about what I'm doing, and and I could take on something else, 
something else comes, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the growth, right? Like there's um, last year, for example, we had a, a goal um, to hire, I think it was like 65 engineers. And, and, and that, that goal started at 50. And then we met 50 and they said, oh, no, we need we need 60. Then it went to 65. And then we're like, we, we asked uh, our, our CPO, we're like, are we going to move it to 70? Because we only have two weeks left in the year. I don't think I can I can hire more <laughs> around Christmas, right? I need a heads up here. <laughs> um, so I think that, that that for me is actually really exciting to have something that, that is changing and is challenging, right? Like it, it's frustrating at times when a goalpost is moving, but I think that we're getting better um, at figuring out how to set the goalpost and know where it's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, that what's really exciting is, you know, the focus in past years, if you look at Carvana historically, like the first two or three years are, were basically, would anybody actually buy a car on Right? Like, <laughs> can I convince... I love the bold, like, who knows? <laughs> right. Let's go for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like... Sure, we can convince people to spend thirty grand online. Why not? Like, yeah, that's not yeah. that much money, I guess. <laughs> right? No, but you know, and we went into that very humbly. Like, like we have no idea, but we're going to try it and, and see if it works. And if we fail, we fail. Like that sucks, yeah. and we don't want that to be the case. But at least, like, we tried it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we proved that people wanted to do it. Then we, we had to prove that people scaled. And like 2018 was like the proof of what, whether people would mm. uh, buy it and whether it could scale. Because we went from 40 to 125 markets. We, wow. we went from 1,800 to 37, 3,800 employees. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, like it was just, it was nuts. Everything was growing like crazy. Um, and so that proved that it's definitely scalable and that we can expand it. Um, and I think where we're at right now, this year and next year, is like, can we do it effectively? And like, yeah. product plays a big role in that. Um, and so does engineering. Like, one of the problems we solved this year, uh, this year was how do we take hold times for customers who call in? Right. Oh yeah. Um, right. And, and so like that's a big deal when you're scaling like that because you can only hire so many people at once and train mm -hmm. them and get all that stuff done. Right. Especially and still have a good customer experience. Right. Um, and so we like one of the things they did is like contact center tooling went from being this like crazy mishmash chaos mm -hmm. that looked like the San Diego freeway system, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like, we got it organized where like now if you call in based on your phone number, we can get you the right person, hmm. I think 92 or 94% of the time. That's wow. awesome. Um, which is just great, right? Like, like that, that's just a better experience for customers. And like, I love seeing those things. I love being a part of that. Um, and as a recruiter, like I feel like I, I affect various parts of that, right? I may not be the one actually changing how we do call center tooling or routing or whatever the next problem is. Sure. Um, but I get to to bring those people on. I get to be a, be a part of what they're doing um, and understand their worlds so that I can help build that team as it continues to grow. Wow. Spot on. Love it. Um, well, Neil, thank you so much for taking the mm -hmm. time. I think this is going to be super helpful for all, all of our listeners. Um, it's a, it's an interesting space. I mean, mm -hmm. I'll be honest, traditionally we've kind of been a little maybe anti-recruiter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and, and I think you've definitely, um, helped me to think mm -hmm. differently about how that can be done well, either through an agency possibly, or, but definitely in, in house to see how you guys mm -hmm. are doing it is, is really cool. And it sounds like you guys are creating not only an incredible culture, but an incredible company. So yeah, I can only imagine that it's a breath of fresh air, both to you internally, but also the people that come your way, even if they don't get a position there, they've been heard, they they're known. And then probably they've been put on the right path. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because of the way you, you think about it, not transactional, but really trying to know people, see if they're authentic. Um, I, it's a different perspective. And yeah. a refreshing one for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's not what we've experienced. Yeah. Um, well, kudos again. Um, thank you for the time and thanks for joining us. And um, uh, I'm hoping everybody will enjoy the content you shared today. Thank you. No, thank you so much for, for having me. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear it when it comes out.
man, what an incredible conversation with Neil. Um, I, like I said before, he has changed my thinking in many ways around what recruiting can be and maybe what it has to be, especially in a company that's growing that fast. A hiring class of 60 plus people, uh, uh, you know, a week, a month, whatever it is, um, they're growing so quickly, but it sounds like they have found product market fit. They're, they're releasing and growing into massive new markets. And that means that you have to grow a team that can not only build the tools that are gonna support it externally, but also build the tools like their call center app or um, their other solutions that are actually supporting the growth of the organization itself, which is really um, all inclusive or product. So I really enjoyed this conversation. I think one thing, one key takeaway I thought about is he was thinking about what is he looking for as he's recruiting people into Carvana. He said he's looking for people that want to be authentic. And um, in a day and age of where sometimes it just feels like it's about butts and seats, I think that it's really exciting to hear someone who's really wanting to have an authentic, passionate relationship with their employees, with the people they're recruiting, and um, create an environment where they're going to flourish. So um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Neil as much as I did. And um, hopefully you're getting a lot out of this, this podcast. As always, I have to say thank you so much for listening every week as we roll out new interviews, new conversations between Dan and I, between other people that are on the front lines of both recruiting and building and participating in product teams that are creating technology that's changing our lives. But that really comes back down to people and we want to share the stories of those people. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. It is the primary way you can find out about new episodes coming out. Be sure to tell your friends and your family and your coworkers and your bosses about option five and it, it being the primary place where you can learn about how to be an incredible um, product team member or how to maybe recruit and grow the product teams that you're um, a part of or leading. Um, if you get a chance, it'd be really huge if you could go and leave us a review. Um, iTunes five-star review with a comment goes a long way to tell the world that we exist and we would really appreciate it. That is your way of saying thank you and supporting what we're trying to do here. Option five is brought to you by Crema. We are a digital product agency focusing on helping innovative and disruptive companies build new technology. But primarily, we're about relationships. We're trying to build teams that really wanna work well together to hit the outcomes that they're striving to achieve. So if you wanna learn more about Crema, check out crema.us slash podcast. Thanks everybody again for listening and we'll see you next time on Option 5.